Smashing 50, the health, fitness, and personal development podcast for middle-aged men. Mike here from Smashing 50 with uh, another podcast. And this week, I'm with Brad Walker, aka The Stretch Coach from stretchcoach.com. And Brad is the world number one authority on stretching and flexibility. And he really is uh, a stretching guru. He's a best-selling author, a coach to elite athletes, a speaker. He's been featured in magazines all over the world. He's a course creator. And I'd just like to say a big welcome to you, Brad. Thanks for having me on the uh, podcast, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your background, about how you got to, to where you are now, how you got to become the, the, uh, the guru of stretching? <laughs> That's a fairly long story, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try and cut it down for you. Um, so I've been in the industry for well over 30 years now. Um, started off doing some coaching when I was uh, in my teenage years. Um, started working with an Olympic uh, swim coach uh, down in Sydney in Australia. And um, that sort of sparked my interest in the whole health and fitness um, industry. Um, from there, I went to uni. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I played with the idea of being a professional triathlete for a few years. Um, never quite cracked it, but um, had a lot of fun trying. Um, and yeah, from there, I've worked with a number of different coaches um, who have sort of contributed to my journey as far as, um, as stretching is, is concerned. Uh, one of the coaches I had the pleasure of working with uh, very early on um, had a fantastic stable of athletes that we worked with, and uh, he was um, he was very passionate about uh, conditioning and stretching and flexibility. And this was back in sort of the late '80s and early '90s when you know a lot of this stuff was um, you know in its infancy. Um, so I, I really learned a lot from him and uh, developed a passion for stretching and flexibility and saw how it helped his athletes and how it helped them stay injury free and uh, perform at their best. Um, so I've sort of dedicated my health and fitness career um, to stretching and flexibility uh, since that time, since the sort of early 1990s. So from there, I worked with a number of athletes. Um, I've had the pleasure of, uh, of being involved in a number of companies that are sort of specifically involved with stretching and flexibility. Um, recently been working with a company in the US called Stretch Lab, uh, which is bringing assisted stretching to people. They're setting up uh, stretching studios uh, throughout the US. Uh, so that's been an exciting journey. Um, and um, yeah, it's just been great to work with a whole you know, range of different people. Uh, what I find exciting now is that, um, you know, there's a lot of interest in stretching and flexibility. Um, when I started 30 years ago, um, you know, people weren't really that interested in stretching and flexibility, but that's all changed now. Uh, people are starting to realise that uh, they need to take care of themselves um, physically, uh, and especially as they get older. Um, we're a, a much more active society now, which is great. Uh, but people are finding that if they want to continue to be active as they get older, uh, flexibility and mobility is something that they really need to focus on. So it's great to see uh, an interest in that area now, um, and it's great to be a part of that uh, moving forward. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you assist people in doing that through your website, through stretchcoach.com, yeah? Yes, yes, primarily through the website. Um, I have a, a, a number of uh, books and DVDs and stretching tools and so forth available. 
Um, I also have some certification programs for people like uh, physical therapists and chiropractors and massage therapists and personal trainers. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, through yeah through that website, I also do uh, workshops and seminars and so forth. So um, I try and offer sort of a range of different things for different people. Um, I have a a quite a broad uh, target market. Um, as I mentioned, those those industries before, I do do a lot of work with, um, you know, uh, massage therapists, personal trainers, etc. Uh, but I also do do a lot of work with just your average, ordinary, everyday uh, person um, who's you know not the not the professional athlete or the serious athlete, but um, just someone who's looking to. You know, keep on top of their fitness and uh, make the most of their their health and fitness as they as they uh, age. And that, and that and that's the kind of perfect uh, symmetry, if you like, where where Smashing Fifty comes in, because uh, you know what I'd hope to get out of this this podcast is really a, you know an overall guide, if you like, to flexibility and stretching for for middle aged men, for men in their forties and fifties who who are really starting to you know feel a few aches and pains and lose that flexibility and mobility that you have as, as you know, as a youngster. Yeah. And uh, so I've got a few questions that I'd like to just shoot at you if, if I can. Um, and so just in general, like in your, your experience, like what would you say is the main causes of reduced flexibility, reduced mobility and pain for, for this kind of age groups? Yeah, there's, um, there's really no secret to it. It basically comes down to uh, biology is one thing. Um, as we do get older, um, our body does lose those, um, you know, qualities like elastin and so forth that contribute to our our suppleness and our flexibility. So as we do, as we get older, we lose we lose some of that. We naturally lose some of that. Um, the other big contributing factor is just lifestyle, um, and you know, the lifestyle that a lot of us lead these days is, you know, hunched over a computer or a cell phone or um, you know, uh, driving a car and so forth, and that just that reduced activity um, contributes a lot to the body um, seizing up and and stiffening up and so forth. So um, yeah, there's you know it, it'd be nice to say there's just uh, you know something that we can take a pill for that's going to fix it all, um, but yeah, it really just comes down to biology and lifestyle. And um, could could you explain like in layman's terms, if you like? how how stretching works like what it actually does to our to our muscles and to our tendons and, and how that how that can how that can have an effect and, and to what effect can that have on on someone who's experiencing a lot of pain or or you know a lack of flexibility yeah so there's a couple of things that stretching does from a sort of a physiological point of view um you know as our muscles do tighten up and and become shorter uh, that constriction or that tightness pulls on our joints and which leads to pain and discomfort and all that sort of stuff. So um, stretching helps to reverse that. It helps to lengthen the muscles out. Um, it helps to, um, you know, create more range of motion around those joints, uh, get more mobility, um, uh, you know, around the joints and in the muscles and uh, just improves that tightness or relieves some of that tightness and takes a lot of pressure off those joints. And mm -hmm. um, what are the different types of, of stretches that we can do? Because, you know, I've heard there are different types, whether you've got dynamic stretches or I'm not sure of all of the terms. 
Yeah, so it's it's a really good question, and um, it's 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 good that people are asking it because uh, you know for a long time when people talked about stretching, uh, they would sort of just bunch or lump all stretching in together. Um, and just like strength training, there's a lot of different ways to do strength training, um, and they all have their advantages and disadvantage disadvantages. And and stretching is exactly the same. There's lots of different types of stretching. There's different ways to do stretching, and it's not that one type of stretching is better than another. Um, they all have their advantages and disadvantages, and the key is knowing when to use the right type at the right time. So broadly speaking, we have two sort of groups of stretches. We have our static stretches and our dynamic stretches. Mm -hmm. So static stretches are those stretches that are done in a static position, they're done without movement. So they're your typical stretches that a lot of people are familiar with. Those sort of uh, get into the stretch position and then hold that stretch in a still stable position without moving. Without moving. So they're your static stretches. Uh, and then you've got your dynamic stretches and they're stretches with movement. So things like dynamic stretching, ballistic stretching, active isolated stretching, uh, these are all types of dynamic stretching and they use movement to actually uh, perform the stretch. Would an example of a dynamic stretch be like a lunge or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So a lunge or a leg swing, any sort of arm swings and so forth. So any sort of uh, gentle bouncing or swinging type motion um, to take a body part to its end range of motion uh, is considered a dynamic stretch. And this is really funny because I, I did a shout out to, to a few of the groups that I'm in. Um, and many people got back to me and just said, I need, I need this. I need to know about this. I need to know about stretching. And every time I speak to somebody about stretching, everyone says, that's for me. Uh, I've got a problem here. I've got a problem there. Um, and, but very few people do anything about it or, or know what to do in the simplest terms. Mm -hmm. And so like, what, what can this target audience, you know, people in their forties and fifties who, who are not old, but are starting to feel like they are a bit old, what can they do on a daily basis to try and improve that flexibility? Yeah, so I think it's important firstly to understand why you're stretching, um, what you want to achieve by your stretching. Um, once you know what you want to achieve or, um, you know, why you want to stretch, then you can work out the right type of stretching to use uh, and how to use that type of stretching. So for most people, um, improving range of motion or, or um, just improving their flexibility is the goal. Um, and if that's the case, if you're one of those people who want to improve your, your flexibility, you feel that you're tight uh, in, in a particular area, uh, then static stretching is the way to go. Um, so firstly, if improving your range of motion is the goal, then start with static uh, stretching. Um, and as I said before, static stretching are those stretches where you get into the stretch position and then hold it for an extended period of time. Um, so there's a few mistakes people make uh, when they're doing static stretching. Um, one of the big mistakes I see a lot of people making is stretching too hard, trying to push the stretch um, too hard or too far, um, which is actually counterproductive to actually what you're trying to achieve. Um, so when you are doing your stretching, don't push to the point of pain. Um, you only want to push to the point where you get a good tension uh, in the muscle. Um, so if we're using, say, a scale of 1 to 10, 
where one is sort of no tension at all and 10 is to the point where it's actually painful. You want to focus around that sort of six or seven out of 10 uh, on the tension scale. Um, so that's a good guideline as to, you know, how far you should be pushing your stretching. Um, the other mistake I see a lot of people making is just not holding the stretch long enough. Um, so, you know, if you really want to get uh, long-term gains, sort of permanent gains, uh, you really need to be holding those stretches for 45 to 60 seconds at a time. A lot, a lot of the, the feedback that I've got from, from asking the question about, you know, what do you want to know about, about stretching if I'm speaking to, to Brad Walker? And, um, you know, a lot of people get back to me and say it's, it's lower back issues or, or it's dodgy knees or it's upper back issues. Um, and, and, I, and I know it's really difficult because this is like a general kind of guide and it's probably, probably easier to be more specific about um, if, if somebody came to you and said, you know, I've got a really bad elbow or a really bad knee or something to, to be specific. But in general, is, is, there a, is there a simple routine that, that we could all adopt you know, to help keep us a little bit more flexible day to day? Yeah, look, I mean, I'd love to be able to say there's a, yeah, there's a simple routine and just do these, you know, eight stretches and, and everything will be fine. But um, I, I'd be lying, to be honest. Um, you know, stretching is a, is a really individual thing. Um, I get a lot of people asking for uh, a full body routine. Um, and I always say to people, a full body routine is, is, is a very bad idea. Um, because what happens within the body is that we have tight spots. Um, you know, everyone is not tight everywhere, okay? We all have particular parts of our body that, that are tighter than other parts. And if we just stretch everything equally, all we do is just exacerbate those, you know, we don't actually fix the tight spots. We just make everything a little bit more flexible but we still have the tight spot in place. Um, so it's, it's, it's really hard to sort of, um, well, it's, it's almost impossible and, and somewhat dangerous just to give a, a sort of broad um, full body routine to everybody and expect that that's uh, going to help people with their problems. So the better approach is to actually pick those areas of your body where you feel most tight. Um, and we all know sort of where we feel most tight. We can all sort of feel that. So um, just pick an area and instead of trying to do 10 or 20 stretches at a time or in a routine, just pick two or three stretches that work on a particular muscle group and spend, you'll get a lot better results spending 10 minutes on your hamstrings than trying to spend 10 minutes on every muscle group in your body. Um, and that, that doesn't mean you, you only target your hamstrings, but you're better off to say target your hamstrings today and then tomorrow target your lower back or, and then the next day target your shoulders. Um, a little bit like what you would do in a strength training routine. Um, you know, you wouldn't try and do every muscle group in a strength training routine. Um, essentially what you'd like, what you want to do is pick those areas that you want to improve, those, those areas that you want to work on. Uh, maybe you identify that you have a weakness somewhere uh, and then you would focus your attention on that. And it's exactly the same with stretching and flexibility. Um, you need to pick those areas that are sort of most tight for you uh, and then work on those areas specifically. Good advice. And is there is there a a better time of the day that 
you know, to, to stretch? Is it, is it something that could be, you know, for example, if I've got a, a bad lower back, is it, should I do it in the morning or in the evening or should I just regularly throughout the day? Yeah, yeah, there, there definitely is. And um, there's a lot of misconceptions around it. Um, there's a couple of misconceptions. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are under the impression that they need to stretch during the warm up and the cool down. And that's true. They do need to include um, some flexibility work during the warm up and the cool down. Um, but the warm up and the cool down is not the time to try and improve your flexibility. Um, the warm-up is there to prepare you for the exercise that you're going to do um, and, you know, working on your flexibility and your mobility as part of your warm-up is, is part of that. But the focus of the warm-up is not trying to improve your flexibility and this is where I see, you know, a lot of people making mistakes whereby they're trying to improve their flexibility during the warm-up. Uh, and all that usually does is, is, you know, end in injury or pain and so forth. And same with the cool down. You know, the cool down is not the time to try and improve your flexibility. Um, it's just the time, the cool down is the time to, to sort of restore your body to a, a pre-exercise level. Uh, and if you try and push your stretching too hard during the, during the cool down, you can end up hurting yourself because your body is already in a fatigued state. Um, so that's... That's a, a sort of a misconception that a lot of people have that, um, you know, they're, they're trying to improve their flexibility during the warm up or the cool down. Um, so as far as the best times to improve your flexibility, there's there's two that, that sort of really stand out um, and, and are sort of backed up by research. Uh, the first one is about two or three hours after your workout. Um, so about two or three hours after after your workout, your muscles are still fairly loose and pliable and warm from the, the exercise that you've done, uh, but they've had a chance to sort of cool down and recover a little bit and they're sort of ready to be stretched then. Um, the other time that's really good for improving your flexibility and especially uh, on a long-term permanent basis uh, is late at night before you go to bed. Um, and this sort of works on a couple of a uh, couple of different levels. Um, firstly, it works on a neuromuscular level uh, because the increased flexibility is the last thing your nervous system remembers before you go to sleep. Um, the other the other thing or the other advantage to stretching before you go to bed is that uh, a lot of your uh, a lot of the repair uh, that goes on in your body, a lot of your muscle repair goes on while you sleep. Um, so your muscles are actually repairing in that stretched or elongated state. So um, that's a really good time for, for seeing sort of permanent long-term improvements in your flexibility. That, that's really good advice, I think. And, um, and can we stretch too often? Like how often could I do that every day? You know, for example, if I was working out three times a week, um, I'd obviously do my warm-up, my cool-down uh, before each exercise. Could I then stretch every evening as well? So, you know, I'm stretching seven days a week. Can I, you know, is that too much or is... Yeah, look, I think the important thing is to make the distinction between uh, an actual stretching workout and just some general mobility work. So an actual stretching workout where you set aside maybe half an hour or 45 minutes and you work specifically on your flexibility uh, and, and maybe you do push your stretching a little bit further, maybe you work with a partner and you incorporate some other sort of more advanced stretching techniques like uh, PNF stretching and so forth. Um, if you're doing a dedicated stretching session like that, then 
it's sort of exactly the same as strength training. So yes, you can do too much stretching. Um, you know, after a dedicated stretching session, you do need to give your muscles time to recover and sort of adapt to that to that workout. Um, but a general mobility workout whereby you do maybe some foam rolling, a little bit of self-massage, a little bit of sort of easy stretching, um, you can definitely do that every day. And that's actually beneficial to do that every day. Um, doing some of that sort of mobility work will actually help your flexibility. So as I said, that sort of foam roller work, um, self-massage or doing some massage with one of those uh, massage tools, mm -hmm. uh, trigger point work, all that sort of stuff, um, that will actually help your flexibility and range of motion um, quite a bit. And you can do that every day. Now, I was doing um, every, every evening before I was going to bed, I was doing the classic kind of bend over and touch your toes kind of thing, sit down on the floor, try and touch my toes, stand up, try and touch my toes. And I was doing that continuously for about seven or eight days and got my hands to the point where they were actually flat on the floor. And that was the first time I'd put my hands flat on the floor um, for years, actually, probably since I was a teenager. Um, just just going from, you know, not doing anything during the day, they were just regular days when I was in work all day, sitting at my desk, doing stuff with my son, and then, okay, off to bed in a few minutes. Before I go to bed, I'll just do these, you know, because tight hamstrings and tight, uh, like, pain in my lower back. Is that, is that a good thing to do, or was I risking some kind of injury doing that? No, not at all. That's a, that's a great thing to do before you go to bed. Um, like I said before, throw in a little bit of mobility work, maybe with some foam rollers or trigger point balls, uh, and you've got a great mobility workout before you go to bed, and you'll get, um, you know, that'll help for those long-term long-term gains now i did that for about eight days then i stopped for for about 10 days and of course like i was back to where i could only touch my ankles kind of thing mm -hmm. how, how long i mean is it is this something that you just need to keep doing regularly or is there a point where you you, you know you do this for, for 12 months and, you, and your body just gets really flexible yeah look it's a it's a funny thing because um i think a lot of people are under the impression that um their flexibility should be different to every other aspect of their health and fitness. Um, you know, if you did seven or 10 days of strength training in the gym and then just didn't do anything for 10 days or a couple of weeks, then you would expect that your strength would drop off quite a lot. But for some reason, people don't understand that that's exactly the same way as your flexibility works. So um, you do need to keep at it. Uh, over the long term, you know, doing a, a few sessions of, of stretching um, isn't going to do that much. It's something that you do need to commit to on a long term basis. Um, and I know I keep referring back to strength training, but also cardiovascular training. If you, um, you know, if you ran for a month and you got your cardiovascular fitness up to a certain level and then you didn't do any cardiovascular training for another month or two, then you would expect that your cardiovascular fitness would drop off quite a lot. And it's exactly the same with, uh, with stretching and flexibility. Um, the longer you do it, the easier it will come back to you. Um, obviously, I've been sort of in this industry for a long time. So 
Um, even if I do have some time off from stretching, which I, I very rarely do, but even if I do occasionally have, have some time off from stretching, it doesn't take me very long to sort of get back to where I was before. Um, and I think, you know, most people who have sort of grown up with a flexibility background, so people like uh, dancers and gymnasts and martial artists and that sort of stuff, um, you know, they would find that even if they did have a long layoff from their flexibility training, that they would be able to re regain it fairly quickly. But I mean, that's the that's exactly the same with every other component of health and fitness. Um, if you've dedicated 20 years to marathon running um, and you, you know, took a year off, um, then it wouldn't take that person too much time to get their fitness back. Uh, but if you've never done any sort of cardiovascular training, you've never done any sort of running or anything like that, then it's going to take a, a while to build up to those sort of levels of fitness. And it's exactly the same with flexibility. So in actual fact, we need to be thinking about, you know, perhaps four different components. We need to be thinking about our cardiovascular work. We need to be thinking about strength training, nutrition and stretching as a full package, would you say? Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for 30 years, so um, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But yes, I mean, if you want, you know, if you want the same results that you expect from your strength training, from your flexibility training, then you need to dedicate as much time to your flexibility as you do to your strength training. Um, yeah, so that's just the way it is. Perfect. Now, we, we covered... Uh, a little bit earlier about you you're talking about how long we should hold a stretch and you were saying around around four, 50 to 60 seconds is for for a um a static stretch yeah correct so yeah get into that stretch position um you know this is a great uh, a great uh, type of stretching to do at night before you go to bed um you know you mentioned that you just sit on the floor and do a few stretches stand up do a few stretches um, you know, I, I find the best time to stretch for me is just late at night, sit in front of the TV and just sort of flop down on the floor, um, get into those stretch positions and just relax and breathe and, uh, you know, hold that stretch position for, you know, six, 60 seconds at a time. Do, do you recommend, I know this probably isn't a technical term, but like bouncing, <laughs> like when I'm trying to go down deeper into a stretch you know I kind of go forwards and backwards like a little bounce is that is that a good technique to have um you can incorporate a little bit of movement into the stretch um start off with your static stretch first and then incorporate a little bit of movement um the 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 risk you run is that by bouncing or or doing sort of a jerky motion with the stretch is that you trigger a, a mechanism called the stretch reflex the myotatic stretch reflex uh, and that's little sensors within the muscle that's, that sense uh, how much stretch the muscle is under and sort of how quickly the muscle is being stretched. So if you bounce too hard, you actually activate that stretch reflex. And what that does is it actually contracts the muscle to protect it. Um, and so you're sort of, you're, you're counteracting what you're trying to do with the stretching. Um, so you need to avoid any sort of real jerky or fast bouncing motions um, so that you don't trigger that stretch reflex. Perfect. Great stuff. Um, so I think we're just, just about running out of time. So uh, I'm just going to throw in a few really quick um, 
um, off the cuff kind of questions. Now I threw I threw this out to to a few of the social media groups. I mean, as I said before, and asked asked the audience. Um, you know, I'm speaking to Brad Walker. He's like the stretch the world stretching guru. What should I? You know, what do you want to ask him? Now th these are some of the things that um, people threw back to me. They said, um, I want to ask him about breathing and muscle contraction. Now, I don't know what that means, but maybe you do. Um, well, yeah, breathing. Um, obviously, that's very important as you're doing your stretching. A lot of people unconsciously sort of hold their breath while they're stretching. Um, so it is important to sort of be aware of that. Uh, make sure you are breathing deeply. If you're familiar with, with belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing, um, incorporate that into your stretching. Um, and uh, in regards to muscle contraction and stretching, um, that's probably referring to a couple of different stretching techniques. Um, the primary, primarily one being uh, PNF stretching, which uses both a contraction and a stretch to help stretch the uh, stretch the target muscles. Um, so PNF stretching is usually done with a partner. Uh, it's a slightly more advanced form of stretching. It was developed as a as a as a form of therapy and rehabilitation for for injured patients, um, and it incorporates a contraction of the stretched muscle, and then immediately followed by a, a relaxation and further stretching. So, um, if you have the opportunity to work with a partner or someone who knows about PNF stretching, uh, then that's a great form of static stretching that's that's really effective for improving range of motion so um, I'm currently working with a with a company in the US called stretch lab uh, and they incorporate a lot of PNF stretching in the uh, stretching routines that they do so they have uh, trained uh, therapists that take people through an assessment uh, they look for uh, imbalances tight spots and so forth uh, and then they create a stretching program or a routine specifically designed for that individual. And they use a lot of that uh, PNF stretching to do that. And I think we've just got time for, for just one more. Um, most of the people who replied to me said, ask Brad about why I've got dodgy knees. Why, mm -hmm. why you know, and most most of this age group are men in their, in their 40s, early 50s, all with dodgy knees. Like, what what can they do to... To kind of improve their their knee strength, do they need to improve their knee strength or? Yeah, well, I mean, in regards to knee injuries or knee pain, there you know, there's a there's dozens of different things that could be contributing to that. Uh, from a flexibility point of view, there's definitely some things that um, can contribute to knee pain. Uh, a lot of muscle tightness, uh, either in the quadriceps or the groin or on the outside of the legs, the uh, the, the abductors, which are uh, tensor fasciolata, the iliotibial band. Um, if these muscles tighten up, they can put a lot of strain on the knee. Um, they can pull the knee sort of out of alignment, which uh, can contribute to a lot of knee pain and discomfort and so forth. Uh, so it is really important to concentrate on the flexibility of those muscle groups around the knee, uh, the quadriceps and the hip flexors to start with. Um, but oftentimes, a lot of men have a lot of groin tightness. Those adductor muscles can be can become quite tight, and when they become tight, they can pull uh, obviously on the inside of the knee, 
which can cause problems and pain and so forth. So flexibility can contribute, you know, quite a lot to, or lack of flexibility can contribute quite a lot to knee pain. So, um, you know, be be very, for, uh, you know, realise that and, um, you know, concentrate. If you do have knee pain, uh, maybe dedicate some time to those muscle groups uh, around your knees. Perfect. Okay, so I think it's time for us to, to wrap up now. So if you want to just stay on the line for a second. So let's say thank you very much to Brad Walker, the stretch coach from stretchcoach.com for spending a good half an hour with us and uh, giving us all some, some really good information about uh, flexi flexibility and stretching for middle-aged men. So thank you very much, Brad. Thank you, Mike. Always appreciate uh, coming on and answering any questions you've got. Um, if anyone's got more questions or uh, anything else they'd like to ask, they can uh, jump on my website at stretchcoach.com. Um, I've got plenty of free stuff there. I've got a, uh, a stretching tips ebook that they can download for free, uh, which sort of answers a lot of these questions and more about stretching and flexibility. Um, and I'm more than happy to answer any questions that other people have got. So you can jump on the website, go to our contact page and send me any question and uh, be more than happy to answer it for you. Brilliant. That's absolutely amazing. So yeah, great stuff. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Mike. Smashing 50, the health, fitness and personal development podcast for middle-aged men.